Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Greetings, one and all. Welcome to the Ramble on Football Ramble Daily. My name's Marcus Speller. My name's Jim Campbell. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm sometimes known as Pete Donaldson. Welcome, one and all. Lovely to have you with us at the start of the working week. I have to remind myself what day it is on all these days that merge together, because we're still at home, of course. How are we doing, gentlemen? Everybody having a lovely old time? Having a time? <laughs> <laughs> Getting a bit samey now, isn't it? Oh, we've got a lot to get stuck into today, Jim, haven't we? <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I've uh, I, I've tried. I've been trying my very best to get hold of uh, uh, some free electronics from Toby Toby uh, Alberweireld. 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 Because yeah. uh, he's uh, he's been doing some great work with uh, with nursing homes and the NHS, supplying uh, tablets oh, to all of the uh, all the uh-huh. people there. So uh, I'm just saying, free tablets for grabs. All right. Yeah, yeah. Pete. I don't think I don't think it, when there's a list of people who desperately need extra electronic equipment, mm. I think you're going to be fairly near the bottom <laughs> of the list there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, uh, to be fair though, he is part internet, so you should get him automatically. Mm. Maybe that will go in his favour. We exactly. Yeah. I yeah. recalled the football ramble. I'm a key worker. <laughs> I think the reason Pete's upset about it, or he's mentioned it, is because he thought of himself as, as the electronic Robin Hood of our times. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Toby's covered with, lot, with lot, far bigger resources and stolen his thunder. Indeed. Yeah. But without further ado, Pete Donaldson, you've got something to announce. I have, yes. I have got... No. Uh, a Patreon <laughs> competition. We, we ran a Patreon competition. Uh, uh, basically, we had a signed Paul Gascon shirt to give away in like a lovely mm. frame. And um, we've got a winner. Uh, oh. for, for every person who signed up to uh, the Patreon uh, since we started, you guys all went into a big draw. And the person who won was Frederick 
Coulton, congratulations to Frederick Coulton. He won uh, the uh, signed Gaza shirt, so well done uh, to him. And there'll be more prizes coming Ooh. up very, very soon indeed. He actually wasn't the first uh, winner of that shirt. Uh, there was a guy called Rory who I rang mm. up uh, yesterday. Uh, if you do sign up for the Patreon, you may very well get a call from me. That might be a good thing or a bad thing, you don't know. Uh, but uh, uh, but yeah, I rang him up and he basically said, look, I, I, I'm really glad that I'm signed up to the Patreon. I only signed up on Wednesday and I'm really, really lucky. I know this. But if you can find someone else who actually wants an England shirt, because I am an Irishman, <laughs> feel free, feel free to re-gift it. So thank you very much to uh, Rory. I just said no. You can have it. I'm making you have it. I <laughs> know. Thank you very much to Rory uh, for handing it off. So we did another draw, uh, and Frederick Coulton came out of the draw. So well, Freddie well man. And there'll be more prizes very soon. So head on over to uh, patreon.com forward slash Football Ramble Daily. And we must say, really big thanks to icons.com for donating mm-hmm. that prize. Mm-hmm. Um, really generous of them. Thank you very much. Check those guys out as well. They've always been big supporters of Football Ramble Daily, and we thank them for it. Congratulations to Frederick. Yeah. Freddie C's won it again. <laughs> Freddie C, up in the building. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well done, everybody. We should probably make it clear that when Pete says you might get a call from me, that it's not like some sort of chat roulette style thing where at any time no, he could call you for no chat. reason. There will have to be a reason. Jim, let's just see how long this lockdown goes for. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Who's the president who used to just pop on the radio and do like a four-hour radio show? Oh, Chavez. Yeah. yeah, Venezuela. Suddenly yeah. Chavez. Yeah. It's not got much better over there, has it? Well, it's not better anywhere, is it, at the moment, Peter? <laughs> um, but anyway, let's. Well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, UEFA president Alexander Seferin has said that the European football season will probably be lost if it doesn't restart by the end of June at the latest. Oh, the, the clock is ticking. Here we go. <laughs> Um, I like the way that Alexander did this because it, the way he said it and the way it's been phrased it made me feel a bit like he was going, "Oh God, this is so boring, isn't it?" <laughs> yeah, I'm totally. Can we can we just get we just forget about all this because yeah. I'm bored of this now and I haven't had a, I haven't had a slap up dinner in about two months. <laughs> Ridiculous. I find that hard to believe for a UEFA president, <laughs> yeah. even even in lockdown. I'm sure the staff yeah. are still working around. I the imagine clock. he's managed to organise himself key worker status somehow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there'll be an amazing kind of high level landed classes version of Deliveroo. Yeah, yeah. Fab- Fabergé eggs, most certainly run by Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, Fabergé <laughs> eggs are not food though, Peter. That should be pointed out. <laughs> Don't eat them, Jim. Have you ever tried to crack open a? Have you tried to track crap up, crack crap open? Have you ever tried to crack open a, a Fabergé egg? No, we don't know what's inside them. I haven't. No, you might be right. You're absolutely right, Pete. I've, I've misspoken there. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right, I'm back in your lane, Jimmy. Um, well, yeah. according to the Sunday Times, UEFA are drawing up plans to finish the season in August and have shortened competitions next season in order to minimise the effects of, of what's going on, of course. But I think this is quite um, the most interesting idea that I've, I've, I've read or heard so far. So our, our, our friend and brother, Miguel Delaney, who's appeared on On the Continent before, obviously writer, chief writer for The Independent, wrote uh, in that very publication uh, that the Premier League has developed plans for clubs to play televised games in isolated, as they put it, World Cup-style camps in the Midlands and London over June and July in order to finish the season. And the broadcasting contracts are are, are obviously very big and and, and they're a huge consideration when deciding on what to do. But this kind of World Cup-style camps idea would would be, as, as Miguel describes it, a TV mega event. And so the the independent has been told that the plans have been drawn up to televise all remaining 92 matches with a handful on every day over the summer months. Um, so, so the clubs would be confined to separate hotels away from their families with full testing and quarantine kits, blah, blah, blah. There's, there's chat of training ground pitches being used instead of stadiums. But this is an idea on how to finish the season. And, and I do think they will play games behind closed doors. But I, someone just basically said World Cup star and I thought I'm in. I'm bloody in. <laughs> Can England enter a team? <laughs> it, it increases Sven's chance of managing back here again. That's all I'm saying. The Argentinians cooking like loads of amazing meat on a big yeah. barbecue. Sure. But I think I think I think it will come to the point where I mean you're seeing it in Italy already. The effects of the lockdown are uh, they're becoming public order uh, situations. You know, people are getting a bit hacked off about being in, you know 
having to sit in their houses and the healing effect of watching football oh, yeah. might kind of keep people behind uh, our own closed doors to a certain extent. <laughs> but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm all for exploring those options if it's going to uh, help help the uh, the UK uh, in a whole, uh, as a whole. Yeah. World Cup style is quite a bold description of games <laughs> played on training pitches with no crowds, isn't it? Well, I think the, the, the camps, it's the World Cup style camps. I don't think you should be rolling the phrase World Cup in there, Marcus, is what I'm not saying. Not willy-nilly. Yeah, yeah. Not I, William I, I Nilly. think that you've got to get people excited somehow, Jim, and I think they've done very well to do that. Marcus, unless there's a um, unless there's a big-nosed man patrolling the touchline in a waistcoat, it's not World yeah. Cup as far as I'm concerned. Well, that's fair. <laughs> what I think is key here is, though, that is that it's, it's becoming clear that the footballing powers that be. Now, I think I think I think it might say fourteen teams in the Premier League need to sign up to this to mm-hmm. um, to get it ratified for it to be a Premier League initiative, which obviously doesn't even get anywhere near solving the situation with the football league at the moment. But anyway, mm. that's by the by. But I, I think what what I was going to say was what's crucial here is that they're starting to think about really creative ways of trying to complete the season if mm. they can. And that's going to be really important because, as we said, when this all started, there is no perfect solution here. There's no; It's not going to be fair to everyone all the time. Every single solution that's mooted is going to have some kind of drawback to it. I mean, Harry Kane's um, quotes uh, in, in, I think he did an Instagram Live with someone uh, yesterday or the day before, his quotes were really interesting as well. And they were quite different to this. So everyone's going to have their own idea on how it's going to be uh, sorted. But none, none of them's gonna. None of them are gonna be perfect. My my fear with this, um, with this idea about behind closed doors and in a in a tournament style thing is just that there's a lot of other staff that need to be found to make yeah. that possible from the broadcasting side, the security side, and and it's it's not a it's not a coincidence, of course, that there are no public events happening at the moment, and there won't be in the near future. So, how ambitious this is 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 probably key here and whether it's possible or not i mean it's still it still remains to be seen but it's an interesting yeah. creative solution and we need those at the moment absolutely yeah. but the, the point has been made isn't it about this proposal that the, obviously these camps need to effectively be on lockdown themselves but a single case of coronavirus within them from anyone undoes the whole thing so perhaps it's not workable but as you say people are just kind of looking around to try and come up with solutions because this is such a unique and an and odd situation and um i feel like people are just coming up with new stuff every day and 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 disregarding what's already been decided like cuz the premier league seemed fairly forceful a little while ago that they would finish the season no matter what and now we're hearing a lot of different things come out that say oh actually maybe not i think people are just this is a unique event in 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 our history isn't it in in terms of certainly you know in terms of this generation of 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 the living um so people don't know how to react and it's, it's football i suppose is a microcosm of that and we're seeing people kind of flapping around a little bit well of course yeah but i i, I like the idea that uh if training ground pitches are used you've got i don't know you know manchester united v chelsea playing and then on, on and, and on the sidelines you've got the next team waiting to come on like a like a summer <laughs> seven aside tournament at sunday league yeah, yeah i like the idea that they sort of go off and like you know some of the players are oh, unlucky lads well done right next lot on and, oh, uh, that goal doesn't count because a ball from the Aston Villa um, <laughs> Man United game came onto the pitch and so yeah. the referee had to stop the game. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that, that, that everyone is desperate for the league to finish in some way or another. And mm. even if it finishes with teams lining up on training ground pitches, which will be a far cry from, from what the oh, season... Oh, there's nothing pathetic about that, is there? <laughs> that that, that, that won't be a pathetic anti-climax of the world's most popular football league, will it? Exactly, yeah. People are so desperate for it to finish because the idea of it become being sort of null and void is is so horrible uh, and so offensive to so many people. And I understand why, which, but I, I think that games will have to be played behind closed doors. I don't think there's any two ways about that. No. I've, I've thought that the whole way through. Uh, otherwise, you get to August, September, when hopefully things will have at least in part returned to, to normal. And and then what do you do? do you, oh, we'll finish the season in November and then we can blah, blah, blah. And then you're, you're carrying on for so long. I, th- I think it's you either do something creative like this or behind closed doors, which has loads of problems in itself or you or you have to sort of null and void it that's that guys can i can i chuck something out there which i think Please. i think is the most sensible thing i can think of doing and we touched on it a week or so ago is that 
we elongate this season so it's effectively across two seasons. Mm. So what you can do is you can stretch out the remaining Premier League games. You don't have to play um, to all 10 games across a weekend like we do normally. You can stretch it out the same way they did sort of with that winter break, that ersatz winter break we had. And you stretch it out across next season so you have one season across two everyone gets to be a little bit more rested and recuperated ahead of a tournament in the summer crucially people don't feel like their season ticket money or the broadcaster money's gone to waste um we had we had an on the radio show i do on fridays we had a we had a guy on a good friend of mine i think i mentioned him before who manages a non-league team and he mm. and he came on the radio show and he, he made a couple of really really interesting points one of which was well i'll tell you what then why haven't the FA come back to us and told us what's happening with the fines we've had to pay for bookings and for sendings off and stuff like that? Yeah. What's happening with that? You can't have it both ways. If the season's now null and void, give, it, give us our money back. We all work, we all work full time. Yeah. Where, when are our fines coming back? The point being that if you pr- apply that across the footballing um, spectrum, if you elongate it out over a couple of seasons, and I know it's easier said than done, but you bump the broadcasting rights deal for an extra year if people want to get their value then, you also get into that situation where we start building up anticipation for the football again, and we're not seeing football every single night, which to me, as a lifelong passionate football fan, it's cheapened it. It's cheapened the whole thing because there's no anticipation. There's no build-up. It's just endless, relentless football. If you can do that, mm. I think that would solve quite a lot of problems, particularly pertaining to the summer tournaments when players always look knackered anyway. Yeah. And also with um, the FA Cup in particular, uh, there was apparently rumours that uh, they would go with the team who scored the most goals, uh, which is Newcastle United, of course. <laughs> Wow. Jonathan Wilson will be fuming about that for about 14 (laughs) different reasons. (laughs) Because they scored, because they had two replays against lower league opposition. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine winning the the league. Imagine winning the cup like that. (laughs) Give them the cup. Give them the cup. They would take it because that means Mike Ashley will be gone. Steve Bruce is just (laughs) innovating at the moment. I'll tell you something. <laughs> you give Celtic the league, you give Newcastle the FA Cup, you can't give Liverpool the Premier League. That would be ridiculous. No, that's, no, that's too much. However, Il- Ilke Gundogan, a Manchester City player, of course, said that if Liverpool were handed the title, he'd be okay with it. He says it's the sporting thing to do. Pep's yeah. thinking, shut up, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's not passing it back to the keeper, is it? I mean, it's, not, <laughs> it's not a player down, pass it back to the keeper, just just toss it off and let Liverpool win it. Just toss and relegate it off. Villa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think City City players should be giving it the big at the moment, saying, uh, you know, we really felt like we could haul them in. You know, it was just yeah, a matter of time. time. Still mm. the champions. We know what we are. Yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. Well, <laughs> um, have you seen, according to reports, uh, that uh, a group of Premier League clubs have got together to make sure Man City's Champions League ban is upheld with the club's uh, appeal still ongoing. So whatever happens next season, they're saying, we don't want Manchester City in the Champions League. Yeah, uh, because because Manchester City, due to the current situation, they could ask if they could compete in the Champions League next season because the appeal that they have, um, <laughs> you know, put through might not be heard until kind of late summer or whenever. So Man City saying they might well turn around and say, "Come on, let us in!" Crying out loud, "Can we not sort this out mm. another time?" And apparently, every <laughs> team in the top half of the Premier League, apart from Sheffield United, are involved in a campaign to stop them playing in the <laughs> Champions League next season. <laughs> I absolutely love it. But uh, Man City reportedly believe that they uh, think they know who the culprits are that started the campaign, and it's none other, according to Manchester City, Arsenal Football Club. Of course it is, right? Because if we are in a situation where this season is declared null and void for whatever reason, presumably the Champions League spots would then go back to where everyone finished last season and Arsenal finished fifth. So if you take Man City out of it, in we go. I'm all for it. I am all for it. Arteta's suddenly flipped. Yeah, Emery comes back. He's like, what were you worried about? <laughs> Alexander Seferin's phone just ringing off the hook with people at Arsenal. You're not taking your off the ball with this Man City thing, are you? I know you've got other, fi- you've got bigger fish to fry at the moment, but this is important. Oh, bloody hell, yeah. I, do, I I love that Sheffield United aren't involved. Do you just think, oh yeah, you? I don't know. I don't know why they've been overlooked, but every, or, or maybe they didn't want to join in. But everyone else seems quite adamant. It'd be quite unfair on Leicester City if they're not in uh, the Champions League next season. But then of course it'd be unfair if Liverpool aren't champions. We've gotten through this before, ladies. There's and no fair solution to this. Yeah, exactly. But you know, up uphold that ban. 
ladies and gentlemen. That's what well, that's what we think. Um, football is carrying on though in in Belarus. Have you seen this, gentlemen? Um, I have. A time when all other leagues around the continent have stopped. The, uh, the 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 Belarusian league is is carrying on, which is uh, getting them quite a, a worldwide audience. Apparently, the league is being broadcast in ten different countries now, including Russia, India, and Israel, because everyone's just wanting any kind of football. And you'd think they would stop because of the coronavirus, but then the president of Belarus he's not too worried and told citizens to drink vodka to combat the coronavirus. So they should be unhelpful. Okay. That. Um, yeah. yeah, deeply unhelpful. I really enjoyed the. Um, there was a quote in that story about Belarus still playing, where I think mm. it was the the uh, one maybe the head of the FA there who who talked about all this um, all this renewed interest in their league and people watching from all over the place, and 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 he said something along the lines of, "Well, I hope it makes the players try harder." <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because whichever team it was, it was like they hadn't they hadn't won many matches, and it was like, "Well, I hope they play better." Yeah. If everyone's watching. <laughs> yeah, like they weren't trying before. They'll step up because there's a bigger audience, yeah. I think that was the coach <laughs> of Dynamo Minsk. Because they right, were beaten yeah. by FC Minsk in the slash A Minsk derby. I don't know if it's yeah. the Minsk derby. I'm sure we'll find out as the months go by. Well, huge news that Bartej Borisov lost... Um... Lost, I think, at home to an also ran side. Then Bartosz Borisov are kind of champions, oh, not yeah. regulars, but they've appeared in the Champions League. A huge mm. turnover, huge upset. Is this going to do for Belarusian football what um, you know? Um, Channel 4's coverage of Serie A did for Italian football in the nineties. We can only hope. Belarusio Italiano. <laughs> <laughs> Get them in there, Minsky's. Uh, okay. Well, despite all that's going on. Graham Souness has managed to get a dig in at Paul Pogba in the media. There we go. Makes me feel makes me feel a oh, lot more man. comfortable <laughs> that the world hasn't completely tilted on its axis. We need normality at this time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's got to be quite high up there with people that you wouldn't want to be isolated with, especially once he's get, getting onto Pogba again. It's like, oh come on, Graham. Yeah. It's the third yeah. time today. How long were they fucking? <laughs> We've never actually... Has anyone put a date on it? Because it must have been for a, a, enough of amount of time for him to be really upset about it because it's just, it's just going on and on. I, I, think, I, think, I think people know that, that, that Sunis will give them a quote. You can imagine like somebody trying to prod Sunis going, what do you think of this? Hang on. What do you think of Paul Pogba? Right, here we go, yeah. five minutes. It's, a, like, it's like a one-sided Nolan Liam. It is yeah. a bit. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it is. It is. I've, I've never heard Paul Pogba say anything about Grosvenor ever. Do you think he's aware of who he is? Yes. Okay. Of course. He's taking the high ground. Who's Graham Sooners? Why is he saying those terrible things yeah. about me? <laughs> Didn't Sooners also say that Pogba would be a doddle to play against? Yes, yeah. we well, said Pogba has absolutely everything to be a top player, but his attitude to the game is the polar opposite to mine. Uh, yeah, and you're absolutely right. He believes that he, he said that he'd be an absolute doddle to play against, which, I mean, Paul Pogba did win the World Cup. Yeah. Apparently, Souness went on to sort of say that if he was a manager, uh, had, had, his, had his Italian management all over again, he would uh, not be quite as angry and quite as demanding because he, he reckons that, you know, players don't have that winning mentality like what I had, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, uh, and he said, oh, and Jamie will know that. Uh, like, talk about Jamie Redknapp will know that more than anyone. And Jamie Redknapp was going, yeah, I mean, you can't just shout at players anymore. <laughs> like, really, Rinson, <laughs> you can't just have a go at him. I love the idea that Graham Souness thinks that no modern players have that winning mentality. Like he's implying yeah. Yeah. that no trophies are ever won because no yeah. one's got any winning mentality. <laughs> or certainly not deserved. No. No. If I had my way, I wouldn't give any trophies to any of them. Yeah. This situation's <laughs> ideal for me, really. Well, they were the best team. I mean, they knocked every other team out and they won the final. Depends which way you look at it. What, what about yeah. their mentality? No heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did manage Newcastle United, don't forget that. <laughs> How could we ever forget that? Indeed, although apparently they've just won the FA Cup, so maybe that's the winning <laughs> mentality that they needed. Um, according to reports, Juventus will offer Manchester United Aaron Ramsey as a part of a deal with old Poggers going the other way. There's no, I mean, there is no football happening. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you're still getting your wicked whispers in, Marcus. Yeah, lovely one. Yeah. Just make him up. Like no it. one gives a shit. We're fucking through the looking glass now. Would you like to see Aaron Ramsey in a Man United kit, Jim? Uh, I I just like to see a, a, a kit at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Any human being in a kit. Enter, enter the Patreon, Jim. You'll win a Gaza shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me! Right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go for a quick break, and after which we'll have some emails. 
Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If I had an extra hour in the day, I might catch up on the latest football news, take a lovely walk with my dog Sammy, or maybe interview someone using an orange peel and a broken iPhone. You know, normal journalism stuff. But it's not always easy to prioritise our time, and that's where therapy can be an extra helping hand. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ramble. Welcome back to the Ramble on Football Ramble Daily, everybody. Before we go any further, Luke Moore. Yes, um, you may have heard in the early part of the show. In fact, you will have heard if you're still listening, because it's very unlikely you would have started this show halfway through, that we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash football ramble daily. You can sign up and support us there. You'll receive loads of extra behind the scenes content, bonus episodes, and all that good stuff from as little as $5 a month. Supporting us on Patreon will help us to keep all our shows running through this really difficult period. And of course, we really appreciate your support. Thanks very much indeed to everyone who signed mm. up so far. It's been great to see so many of you on there. So many of you on the Discord, which is like our chat service where you can chat about football with fellow Ramble listeners and with us as well. Um, so come and join. It's a lovely time. It's uh, Donate what you can afford. Patreon.com forward slash Football Ramble Daily. There's a tier there for everyone. There's lots of extra content. You'll enjoy it. There's nothing else to do. Let's be honest. So head over there now. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash Football Ramble Daily. I uh, streamed a version of uh, Euro 96, the video game based on the popular actress oh, soccer, you did. Uh, for mm. a couple of hours. And I, I lost every match. So oh. uh, that's if, if you want to see me do that. I don't know that. Pete, I saw that was happening, but what actually um what actually went down? Um I played as England. Uh that was the that was the first match. Um mm-hmm. uh, the first uh, team. Uh I lost every match by at least three or four. It's really difficult playing old <laughs> video games. They're, they're quite uncompromising. <laughs> what did you practice beforehand? Um, because I'm the game player and I just assumed that my natural uh, yeah. talent for video games would see me through. And certainly I used to play that game a lot when I was a kid, the official Euro 96 mm. uh, video game. I spent ages trying to get it working in DOS and get ages trying to get it uh, streamable. Uh, got there in the end and uh, I was absolutely terrible. And then I was asking in the chat room uh, who, uh, which team I should take on uh, next. Uh, I think I played as the Czech Republic and got my ass handed to me uh, with them as well. So uh, mm. very enjoyable. I think there's a common denominator here, isn't there? It did have it did have Barry Davies as uh, the um, oh, that's the, nice. Uh, commentator. Yes. Oh, speaking of that, um, did you guys see the other day? Someone shared on Twitter the intro VT video to the opening ceremony to the London 2012 Olympics, obviously narrated by Barry Davies. So basically, the the, the, the the live TV video insert before the um, ceremony itself started in the stadium mm. it was a very difficult watch because everything seemed brilliant then <laughs> yeah that was the last nice thing yeah we haven't had any good things since then and i've been married since then 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, that penalty shootout against Colombia, that was a nice thing. That was a slither of light. Yeah. Okay, among yeah, constant everything darkness. Everything was broken by then. Yeah. Oh, well, talking of slithers of light, it's now time for emails with PTD. You email Talking about slivers of bacon, more like. Gavin Hogg has been in touch. Hi, guys. Long-time listener, first-time emailer. Growing up in Edinburgh, we had a bacon boy come yes! to house every few weeks to deliver. My mum would usually get, uh, get, the, get the door, but I do have memories of him wearing the aforementioned white coat. Maybe it was Marcus himself. Could have been me. What year? Uh, I, I, he's not given a year, um, and I, I hate you for asking. Marcus what, <laughs> years did you ser- Marcus, what years did you serve as a bacon boy? It would yeah. have been early, mid-90s. All right. Oh, wow. Brit I'm Pop. thinking 90. Yeah. <laughs> Just as it was yeah. about to kick off. It was sort of 90. Yeah. Were, you listening, were you listening to Blur's Pork Life at the time? Very good. <laughs> yeah. Cigarettes and alcohol and bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Not as good, that one. Did you have a little Gallagher swagger as you were sort of going down people's driveways in your little jacket with your little bucket? It may really? well have been before Oasis. Could have been like 92, 93. Okay. Right. Stone yeah. Roses. Just yes. in. Um bands like Primal Swade. Scream. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyone else who had a, anyway. a bacon round? <laughs> Cameron Smith. Uh, oh. My best mate at school was the bacon boy. That's Evening right, yeah. Ramblers. The chat on Friday's show about Marx's bacon round uh, reminded me of my best mate in high school. About 10 years ago, he also had a bacon round in Edinburgh carrying buckets of bacon. Why buckets? Around the suburbs of the city, asking unsuspecting households to buy bacon off him. Naturally, we used to call him the bacon boy. I don't know how well he did, but it's definitely a thing in Edinburgh. My parents would occasionally buy bacon off him, and when he left for uni, my wee sister's friend uh, got the job. Safe to say, the bacon round was well known in my family. I asked my parents if it still existed at their house, and unfortunately, they did not know. However, I'm sure a bacon round would go down very well in the current climb cameron not a bacon boy in edinburgh sent but from his ipad apparently maybe it's one of toby's <laughs> <laughs> you see i if, if, if people in edinburgh they know what i'm talking about here mm. yeah marcus well, none of us ever doubted that you really were a bacon boy yeah i just didn't know it was a we thing were, we just enjoyed it a lot there was a, a, th- a sort of a phenomena in my my hometown which was effectively a video van did any of you had that a little a man yes. mulleted generally would drive yeah. around in a van full of videos uh, what's that all about uh-huh. <laughs> marcus is fuming <laughs> I think that sounds crap. Jim, we used to have a video. We used to have a, we used to have a video van, and we used to have a book van as well. Right, it was a mobile library, effectively. Yeah, isn't it? that's so, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, as I call it, the book van. The book van. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read the word van. Yeah. <laughs> Hello to uh, Charles. Has got in touch. I see your bacon round and raise you a sausage round. No Ooh. way. No. Good afternoon, Ramblers. Further to your discussions on Marcus's bacon round, I wanted to draw your attention to an entrepreneurial person in my local area. He has set up the Sausage Delivery Company to make ends meet during these uh, tough times. Um, there's something sausagey in there, isn't there? Make ends meet, because they do when they're not mm, cut up. Yeah, that's um, true. Apart from the name sounding like it could be uh, the name of some kind of male escort service, I think it's a great idea. Love the show. It's been a source of constant mu- amusement in my life, and despite the complete lack of football, it still feels gen- genuinely relevant. Charles, <laughs> you're not making it any more. You're not making it any more relevant, mate. Charles, it's not supposed to be funny. This is a serious show with serious issues. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's attached a little uh, a little uh, Facebook message from a man called David Nye. Uh, in Harpenden. Uh, hi there, David here from the Sausage Delivery Service. Uh, we successfully <laughs> delivered to many Harpenden homes over the week. We've got a new mem- menu uh, of offerings. And there's loads of little, you get a full English, you've got a, a Churchill, pork and jalapeno. Um, you've got the big smoke, which is a smoked pork shoulder sausage. Uh, you can buy your whole frozen duck. Smoked streaky bacon. Now Getting you're in on talking. Uh, Marks patch. Four quid. A whole frozen <laughs> duck. I know, a whole frozen <laughs> duck. <laughs> You, I mean, you're going from full English sausages, smoked bacon and black pudding in there, and the big smoke, to a whole frozen duck for 15 quid. I'd love it if he just um, kind of let, let the mask slip a bit. At the end, he just went, and a, uh, a car, um, a, a, um, a, a box of Christmas crackers. <laughs> Are you just selling stuff at your garage? <laughs> Some cement. Um, <laughs> Gone hard. <laughs> 
<laughs> Stuart, uh, final email. Stuart Berman, thank you very much. Hi, Ramble. Marx's recollection of completing Who Wants to Be a Millionaire on a plane with a friend and not getting a proper in-flight acknowledgement reminded me of an experience in, of mine in 2009. I don't think I mentioned last week that I actually did that on the way back from my last holiday and uh, uh, and won uh, the whole thing. Uh, it's They seem to randomise the, um, the, the, the quiz questions quite arbitrarily they they don't really sort of um they don't make the questions harder as you get 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 deeper into the game i think uh, i was flying between wellington new zealand and sydney in february of that year uh, air new zealand was introducing a new in-flight entertainment system and announced on the flight that the first person who was able to answer the who wants to be a millionaire dollar <laughs> question in the presence of a flight attendant would receive a free return ticket from new zealand to australia oh, lovely old job hang on a minute in in the right. presence of a flight attendant they're supposed to be working I'm not buying this whole scenario because if you know that game, it is time sensitive. You have to do it within 30 seconds. You have to do it within a a time frame. So to call over a flight attendant when you're on the million dollar question is actually quite difficult, I would say. Mm. Now, being from the Mr. Spock is half human, half Vulcan school of semi-pro pub quiz competitor, I set about my work with a rare focus. After several attempts, I got up to the million-dollar question, called over the attendant, and got the question wrong. Something insignificant about Joseph Priestley in the year, he discovered oxygen from memory. The attendant, <laughs> with uh, surprising quickness, got on the PA and told the flight that someone had got to the million-dollar question but hadn't succeeded. A soft murmur in the plane indicated that many people were relieved and might be playing hard. Um, crestfallen and embarrassed but aware that I was still having a chance uh, I went back to work and after several more attempts made it back up to the million dollar question I nervously requested the presence of the attendant again and in her presence hand trembling click the button for the final question now bearing in mind that this is an Antipodean question the final question went as follows what team was Manchester United Eric Cantona playing when he did his infamous Kung Fu kick in 1995 I can confirm that successfully completing the game meant that with an in-flight announcement in contrast to Marcus's situation. Uh, however, not from the flight captain, but from the chief, chief purser who uh, pointed out my name and my seat. Cue subdued applause and a nice handshake from the person seated next to me. Strangely enough, there are a lot of... Con- Strangely enough, there are a lot of uh, conditions with the ticket and limited options. As a result, I ended up taking my flight to Australia during that terrifying 2009 uh, swine flu epidemic, and I spent a couple of days in self-isolation upon my return to New Zealand. Thanks for the continuing oh. the podcast and the contents. Cheers, Stu. Thank you for your email, Stuart. Part of me thinks n- none of that is true, but the other part of me thinks what sort of human being would make that would up? Would write that, yeah. yeah. I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> so congratulations. <laughs> well done, congratulations, fella. Any more for any more, Peter? No, I said that was the final one, Mark. I should have been listening. (laughs) I should have been listening. You're absolutely right, Peter. (laughs) Yes! I've got one over the host. (laughs) In my own room. In the old booth. In the old show box. I haven't finished my sentence. Not. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Pete's Film Club. Monday Madness. Crank it up. This is where it's at. Pete's Film Club. Yes, it's time for Pete's Film Club. Last week was the incredible film Goal with Kuno Becker starring as a Newcastle United footballer. This week, we've gone for a film. (laughs) Oh, good Lord. Playing for Keeps, people, a film I saw on holiday in Portugal last year and I thought I'd bring it to the table as part of this week's film club. A former sports star, Gerard Butler, starts coaching his son's soccer team as a way to get his life together. His attempts are met with challenges from the attractive soccer moms who pursue him at every turn. It's basically a film in which everyone wants to fuck Gerard Butler. (laughs) And some of them succeed. Most of them succeed. Yeah. (laughs) It's... Should we have should we have a listen to what it's actually like before we completely eviscerate it? Yes. <laughs> well, here it is. Who's the new soccer coach? Stacy's ex, the soccer player. You were a great, great player. Dreyer with a shot. Goal! So what are you doing with your time now, post soccer? This is your credit card company. If George Dreyer is no longer at this number, press one. If George Dreyer is deceased, press two. You ever think what it might have been like if I had screwed all up? All the time, I wondered. You were the most exciting thing that ever happened to me, George. Are you sad Mom's getting married? Yeah, but mine seems like a nice guy. I decided I'm not going to call him Dad. ESPN are looking to expand their soccer coverage. I got that audition as a sportscaster. Dad, please don't leave. 
go out there and give it everything we've got and let's get these wankers! Yeah! yeah! Let's get these wankers! Meet me at the wall. Hey, Dad, me and Mom are going to the arcade today. You want to come? ESPN liked you. You did it, George. I just can't. I got a boy in there. He needs me to start being a father. I'm either too early or I'm too late. In a couple of weeks, I'm going to be too late again. It's something else. It really is. I mean... Gerard Butler does have a production credit on this one, and I can't help but think that he very much had a lot to say uh, oh, when man. it came to how many w- women he was going to bed in yeah, this Yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. It's like he's just listed, you know, his, his, his dream list of women, and they've done the best they can. Because they, yeah. you know, it's a surprisingly good cast for that sort of film. Like, Uma Thurman's in it. The cast is astonishingly yeah. good. <laughs> for, for what is a common or garden yeah. Sunday afternoon TV movie that's been shut out by some out of work director, <laughs> yeah. right? The the car I I could not believe. Yeah. I'll be honest. I had no enthusiasm for this movie. I didn't want to watch it. No. Pete made me watch it. The first couple of minutes, I realised it wasn't even going to be about fucking football. So <laughs> I didn't watch any of the um the build up or know who was in it. When people kept popping up, I couldn't mm. fucking believe. I know, I, it I was know. like it was like going to Madame to Swords. You recognise the faces, but nothing actually fucking. No, no one does anything. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. think to yourself that used to be Catherine Zeta Jones. That <laughs> um, I, I couldn't. I can't believe there's Catherine Zeta Jones, Uma Thurman, Dennis Quaid. I mean, Butler's a big actor. I mean, these are people we are treated. You know, like I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. Judy Greer is a very good actor as well. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's excellent. But, I mean, the whole situation is sort of pinned around the fact that uh, Jared Butler has decided he wants to get his life together. He wants to become a sportscaster. Uh, but he also wants to get back with his uh, his ex-wife, uh, Jessica Beale. I wanted to find Jessica Beale, rescue her from this, and yeah. make sure she never had to do anything like this ever again. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But Jessica Beale's situation is, like, she's, she's got a, a new life. Uh, she's yep. looking after her son, who I think was the kid out of Walking Dead. Um, He's quite good, he, by the way. She, yeah, he is, he is good. I mean, kid actors are usually quite good, but then when they become um, grown-up actors, they're not very good, I always think. Um, mm. But but Jessica Beale's got a, a good husband who loves her, who yep. you know does all the yep. things that a husband should do. But mm-hmm. flash old Gerard Butler, who's just you know coaching a couple of kids' soccer teams, uh, manages to sort of pull her away from a perfect, idyllic, normal life just because her husband's a little bit boring. She's not yeah. having it. Yeah, because Butler ruined it, didn't he? He wrecked that home. And then he's like, oh, yeah. do you know what? I sort of regret wreck, wrecking that home. Yeah. I'll, Basically, I'd, I'd like to get back to my old home and I'll wreck a few other homes while I'm at it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Marcus has got a problem with this guy because uh, he played for Celtic and not Rangers. 100%. 100%. So that's, that's the story. Completely. Yeah. George Dreyer. I don't hate Celtic. Give him a title now. And to be, to be fair... To be fair to him, Marcus, I don't think he does wreck any other homes. I think the other homes are pre-wrecked um, yeah. by the by He's the adding to it, though, it, Jim. Yeah. He's not, though, is he? Because all of the people that um, he he has dalliances with are are spoken are, are single, aside from Uma Thurman, who has a crack at him, and he and he says no. So <laughs> well, don't tell not, people not... what happened, Jim. People, <laughs> people should not watch this movie. Spoilers. I'm going to go as far as to say. Can I can I just can I just chime in with a couple of observations? <laughs> One is the film it reminded me most of was Confessions of a Window Cleaner. <laughs> um, <laughs> he just he just keeps. Un- weirdly getting into situations where he's about to have sex with yet another woman. <laughs> yeah. but secondly, there's no way Jessica Beale is going to go back with Gerard Butler, given no. the absolute state he's in, mm-hmm. uh, because for some reason he can, he's obviously fairly handsome and he's got floppy hair. The thing that annoyed me, there's two things that annoyed me more than anything else. Yeah. Right, one is that um, how? why would you cast Uma Thurman, who is an excellent actor, Mm. Right to just flounce around a big house, do nothing, and then just get a take her top off in some random bedroom. Right, that that's the only thing she does in it, which is absolutely bizarre. Secondly, yeah. when he goes on for his ESPN um, audition, and uh, he goes off piste and just ignores the auto cue, right mm. in the cheesiest way possible, the director goes, "Oh, welcome to ESPN, George." In reality, yeah. I'm not saying I've, I've got a huge amount of experience on TV, but I've done a little bit of it. We all have. In reality, what would have happened there was, yeah, well done, Gerard, Gerard Butler. You fucking missed your break there, mate. So that's the show <laughs> fucked, right? So now get out of my sight because we're late going to ads. Forget it. Mm. That's what would have happened. 
Well, what actually happened? What, what actually happened was Catherine Tita Jones had sex with him on the table. Is that not Again, right? Oh yeah. yeah. And actually, there is there is one of the finest lines in all of cinema um, that precedes that, though, where she's she's asking what it's you know what it's like to manage a kids' football team, and is it difficult with the, with the kids? And he says, you know, what and what about the mums? And he says, I would have to take that on a mum by mum basis, which is fairly smooth <laughs> in this situation. Um, but also, I, I find it even from the off, it's very very difficult to care about an ex-footballer who um, ruined his own family life by just sleeping around and didn't look after his finances. He play- he was a footballer in the 90s. So it's not like yeah. he would have been like mega rich, but and he the shouldn't noughties. have been scrabbling around. And the noughties, exactly. There's a bit of drink driving in there. He has a has a little bit of drink driving. He, he, he lets his son drive a Ferrari and his son's, what, like 10? And he, uses the, he talks on the phone while he drives. He's, he's, a, he's a very irresponsible driver. He's a danger to himself. In a he film is. just dripping with misogyny, he is the worst thing about it. <laughs> can, I, can I also say, there's, a, there's an amazing scene in there, where, and it, this happens for absolutely no reason, right? where the, the kids' team are about to win the championship. They're about to win their um, their final game of the season. And Gerard Butler, as the coach, as George Dreyer, misses it because yeah. Dennis Quaid comes out of nowhere and starts yeah. fighting him on the touchline. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. It is the most... <laughs> bizarre twist Dennis Quaid is is unbelievable in this film like he's such a like a slimy businessman dodgy geezer and they strike up an unlikely well it's quite a likely friendship I suppose if you think about the two characters and then it sort of disappears suddenly that friendship he's, in, he's in two scenes that's it he wants to fuck him too everyone wants to fuck Gerard Butler that's the situation that's what it's it a should film be called. in which yeah everyone wants to fuck Gerard <laughs> shagging yeah. for keeps it should be called that's what, that's what it was called in Japan you know when they renamed it <laughs> <laughs> no there, there was a reason for Dennis Quaid attacking him, Luke, it was because uh, he'd, he'd hired a private investigator to follow his wife. Yeah, I remember that bit, but I just, yeah. don't, I just don't think it necessarily uh, needed to happen at that point in the film. It just, like, it just, it, it's ridiculous. Like, it, they're not even fighting properly. They just wrestle on the ground in the background. Much like in the film Goal, why, why has Sven not got a cameo in this? This yes, is ideal. I, it would have been <laughs> improved right, by a 2012 vintage Sven in it somehow. I mean, that would it wouldn't be more bizarre for it, put it that way. <laughs> but what about his uh, footballing career? I'm fairly certain that at one point, Gerard Butler gives uh, the kid out of The Walking Dead uh, a medal for, mm-hmm. like a Euro- I think it's a European Cup medal or a Champions League medal. I know, I think it's a Scottish champion, a, a Scottish League title medal. No, nah, it definitely says European in it. Do you know something? Before we came on, Luke and I were talking about this, and Luke said that the football scenes in this in this film are better than some of the football scenes in the film Gull. And I agree with <laughs> Let me qualify that. Let me qualify that. What I mean is... And that, and so, that was shots from the actual Newcastle matches. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the thing is, the, the, the film starts with a montage, right? And they they've done a pretty good job of superimposing uh, Gerard Butler into them to the point where mm. they do look, I think, more authentic than than the goal ones. And and Kuno Becker just doesn't look anywhere near as much of a kind of footballer as Gerard Butler mm. did. But the problem is the entire rest of the film is complete trash. And I, I genuinely got... Like when I mean, I know we're in lockdown, we can't really do anything, but I watched this on a Sunday afternoon and I genuinely got quite, quite angry with Pete. Because I was like... <laughs> you, you could have chosen any film, right? And you and you've chosen this. And I I genuinely <laughs> thought it was like two hours. By the way, it's almost two fucking hours long as well. It's two hours of my life. I'm never going to get back. I mean, an an hour into it, I was convinced I'd been watching it for about a week. You know Didn't I mean? it feel like that? Didn't yeah. it feel like it felt so long? It felt like it felt like a fucking Oliver Stone epic. It felt like tw- it felt like twice the length of any given Sunday. Oh, and trust so me, shit. it is not any given Sunday. The main character is not really Gerard Butler. It's Gerard Butler's penis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't want to spend that much time with that. Thing. I cannot wait for uh, Soccer Dog Two European Cup. I really yeah, cannot wait. <laughs> Yeah. Is that what we're doing next? No, we're not doing that next. What are we doing next? What we are doing next is a film by Michael Corriente, produced in 1999, released in 2002, starring Robert Duvall and Ali McCoyst. A shot now of glory. That's what talking. we're going to be doing next week. Another Scottish footballer who everyone wants to fuck. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I just realised that that might be uh, it. Might be too too similar to playing for keeps. Yeah, but Ali McCoy is an absolute. He's a charming man. He's a very very nice man. So I've, I've got very no charming man. Very yeah, I, th- I think that look, I don't. I, I'm not. You know, none of us are Mark. Lam- um, Mark. I always said Mark Lamar. Then none of us are Mark Kerr. Mode. I think we've uh, established that. But I do think in Gerard Butler's case, if you are going to call yourself an actor and you are going to keep doing this, at some point you need to have done a watchable film. I've never seen him in a film that was anything other than complete shit. So he's. I think he's taken the piss a bit. Whereas Super Ali McCoy, he knows what he's good at. I'm sure this will be much better. And Robert Duvall's a legend, so I'm sure it'll be fine. Michael Keaton's in this one, apparently. Oh, is he? I should say that uh, Playing for Keeps got four, four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> That's generous. Yeah. Mm. Look, that that is exactly what we should be looking at. It's no fun. Oh, let's watch this Zidane documentary, Maradona documentary. No, Boring. Let's have Gerard Butler. Now you're talking. And some horny mums. That's what we need. <laughs> The thing that gets me is like he was in Soccer Aid in 2012 because Marcus oh, yeah. checked uh, checked out the date. I don't know whether they used the footage for this film of him playing in Soccer Aid or it was a promotional thing that mm. he played in Soccer Aid to promote the film. Either way, both projects unsuccessful, I would say. <laughs> but Butler does look like he could play. He, he does yeah, look he does. like a footballer. Mm. Whereas the lad who yeah. plays Santiago Munez, uh, or yeah, yeah Munez, no, he's terrible. Yeah, doesn't pass, does he? No, he doesn't pass. He's too many step-overs. Butler, back of the net, lovely old job. Yeah, He's Butler looks like he can strike the ball properly. That's the key, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. An old-fashioned British centre-forward. Yeah. <laughs> You're damn right, Jim. That's what the games yeah. are admitting. <laughs> He's got that winning mentality, just like Graham Soon is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, there we are. That was uh, Pete's Film Club, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think it's going to get any better than that, but tune in next week to uh, to find out what we thought of, uh, a shot of, of A Shot at Glory. That's the name of the film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Marvellous. A Shot of Scotch. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Ali probably thought it was called. <laughs> Why he signed up to it. Oh dear, well there we are, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for listening to the Ramble on uh, Football Ramble Daily. Jules and Andy are back tomorrow, of course. Um, there we are, gentlemen. Thank you very much, Luke Moore. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jim Campbell. Thank you. Thank you, Pete Donaldson. Bye. And thank you, Gerard Butler. We'll see you soon. <laughs> <laughs> This was a Stakhanov production. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon.